Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, we're your host. I'm Travis, joined by Alex, who has an extra clean floor now. Right, Alex? <laughs> Yo. I guess. It picked up a lot of dog hair. Yeah. Um, so that's good. It forced us to clean. <laughs> that washing machine yeah, right. uh, didn't have a good day, huh? No, mm. no. That's that's always, uh, you know, all that water is always, uh, you know... Fun, a fun site to, to walk in on but and it, it, even more annoying is that we can't get a the delivery for our new one is going to be a week from today so we're gonna have to either take all our stuff to the in-laws or we have to uh do the uh laundromat experience and i kind of want to do the laundromat just for myself because i want to find a laundromat with an arcade cabinet there you go it's like my qu- my quest i want to find like even if it's like one of those pack miss pac-man galaga mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. cabs that are everywhere uh i'd be happy with that or but if i'm able to find like well yeah this this laundromat has lucky and wild oh, that, dude, <laughs> come on you're looking for a diamond in the rough come on we're, yeah, exactly. I'm looking for aliens versus predator and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah. Hey, laundromats well, maybe, are cool, maybe, man. They they a lot of moody '80s videos were shot in laundromats, and <laughs> I just I love the vibe. So yeah, there's a there's a Flaming Lips video. Mm-hmm. '90s songs did it too. Yeah, it's a it's a good Beavis and Butthead episode when they riff on that one. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we are also joined. It's not just Alex and I today. We're also joined by the lovely Celeste Roberts. Celeste, say hello and tell us who you are. Hello. Who you are? <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> okay, so I'm—I don't know. I was kidnapped. I actually like flew out of that washing machine. That's how I ended up here <laughs> this evening. So You're I was the, the little washing machine fairy. Yeah, I'm so sorry, Alex. That. I didn't mean to <laughs> oh. make your day worse. I was just hanging out in your washing machine. Well, but <laughs> you know that's that's why when I talked to the Maytag people, they were like, "Yeah, fairies aren't covered under warranty." Oh, so it's like, every time, so, freaking Maytag. <laughs> Yes, yeah, that's my um, online moniker I've had since high school, Fairy Crypt. It was actually inspired by a story I was writing in high school that I never finished and just kind of run with it. I didn't realize how morbid it sounds, though, now that I think about it. But Right. It's also got a lot of vowels in it, and I never know how to spell it because it's like the, uh, I guess, the classic way you would spell fairy. So when I refer to you, when Alex and I were like, who do we have next? It, we would say F, and then we would type a series of vowels. And then <laughs> recrypt, and we were like, right, 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 right. That's... <laughs> well, you have to understand. I came up with it when I was a teenager, so I wanted to be edgy and it's you know use the alternative cool. spellings. Well, thank you. I'm I'm glad someone thinks I'm cool. Uh, my cats don't. Uh, are either of them <laughs> named Fairy? Because that would be no. poetic. No, unfortunately, yeah, no. What but, do they know anyway? Well, are you ever going to finish this story though? It sounds like you had a good thing going, and then you just. Is the you know, uh, fairy crypt tale have an ending? I, I wrote it out like the the synopsis and my ideas, and it was actually inspired by fairy postcards I used to buy from Hot Topic because by the checkout line they would have like Amy Brown and I remember uh, those Mean Thomas yeah um, postcards, and I have a picture of it. But on one of the walls in my childhood bedroom, I pretty much made like a little collage where I'd put some tape behind <laughs> the postcards and. I put all my 
fairy postcards on this wall. And uh, I was like, oh, this one looks like this is would be her name. And I want this plot. But I don't know. I, I'm kind of... Caleb Ross has been inspiring me so much, especially with his Edith Finch book. I, yeah. I I think I need to leave some kind of legacy. If not that, I'd really like to write about, and I think I told you this, Travis, about how I went <laughs> to Catholic school mm. and I was raised Catholic and how it's made me just a bumbling idiot for the rest <laughs> of my life. <laughs> Hey, it had some. It has an effect. People have different effects. They come out different. That's <laughs> the real truth. Uh, you know, speaking of fairies, because it sounds like you got a thing with fairies. Is that why you sort of have? Um, you're a fan of like the Zelda series. Is there any link? <laughs> Is there any link? Look at me. Is there <laughs> oh. any link between you and Navi? Well, you know, it's it's taken me a few years, and I think I've decided she is my favorite companion. Oh. There you go. To be honest, yes. She got you to listen? She did. <laughs> listen. Listen. Okay, listen. You know, what's more annoying than that is you're trying to scroll through text you've read a bunch of times because you died <laughs> yeah, or yeah. something, and then you forget that, hey, do you want me to repeat all that? Yes is the first mm. option versus no, or you press A too fast, and you have to listen to Kepora Gebora. Uh, Give the whole spiel all over again. I will take oh. Navi over wasted time any day. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Well, before we get back to um, you and what, you, what you're up to and what you've done, I do want to remind everybody that this weekend, Alex and I, and Celeste, you should join in. You should come by and, and say hi to everybody. Uh, we're doing a, a charity stream on twitch.tv forward slash polymedia network. Uh, and Alex and I and, and a lot of the folks on the network that you've heard on the, on this podcast in the past will be there. We're, we're rocking it for 24 hours starting noon Eastern to noon uh, August 19th and 20th. Um, I, I'm starting out at noon. We're doing a live Polykill podcast. And then Alex is popping on at 5 to 7 Eastern. That's 3 to 5 Mountain Time. No one ever reps Mountain Time, Alex, but I'm doing it for you. 3 to Thank 5 you. for the Mountain folks. You're going to be opening packs of cards, probably just talking about Griffey. Uh, opening packs of Griffey, uh, talking about car. You're probably doing a lot of cool stuff. ROM hacks. Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. It's just dithering around for two hours. Love that's it. Basic, my, my basic plan, yeah. It was a blast last year, so I'm looking forward to it this year. I'm on again at 9 p.m. We're doing a hot seat roundtable where me and a few other folks are just going to ask each other really ridiculous questions for an hour. And then uh, on Sunday, right before it all ends, I'm busting out the NES, and we're just going to play the NES for an hour and right into the sunset. And hopefully, we've eclipsed our goal for donations to benefit the Bit by Bit Foundation, which folks can learn more about at bitbybitfoundation.org. So there's my spiel. I wanted to make sure I got that in there early before people uh, got tired of the three of us talking about whatever we're about to talk about. So there we go. And what are we talking about? We're talking about Zelda franchise lore. We're getting We've there. got the expert on the line right now. On the line. <laughs> what am I, Mean Gene Okerlund, talking about the WCW Nitro Hotline. Yeah, you are. <laughs> oh, my God. But we've got her here. She's She knows all things Zelda. Um, do you get a headache keeping all the timelines straight? So I, I'm a part of another Zelda podcast, mm -hmm. and I joined in 2019 as the blog editor, and I've kind of morphed into not only that, but a co-producer in the sense that I help with community management. I had just reached out to David Geisler, the founder and co-host, and I said, hey, I love the podcast. It was one of the first podcasts nice. I'd ever listened to in 2017. I had I didn't know what podcasts were before that. I'm a, I'm like a Luddite, I swear. <laughs> I'm, I'm too busy hanging out in washing machines, but... <laughs> so... Bad, bad idea. <laughs> But 
I, I've been a fan of Zelda since I played A Link to the Past. I picked it up at a rental store called Slick Sam's, which morphed into a movie gallery. Did you have a movie gallery, either of you? Oh, I think so. Uh, it sounds yeah. familiar, yeah. Yeah. We had a blockbuster down the street, but that was a little too expensive. And my parents have three girls, and they were also sending us to Catholic school and paying for braces. So they were like, Haha, not blockbuster. <laughs> movie gallery. <laughs> but Aww. it had a bigger selection. And my dad pointed it out because I didn't know what Zelda was. And since then, the rest is history. I'm, But regarding the timelines, so uh, this might get me some darts thrown at a picture behind a door or something. <laughs> but like, I'm, I do have the encyclopedia. I have the Hyrule Historia. I have all the books. I, I like to collect things and I do read them. But I'm not obsessed with that. Like I can, I'm actually, mm. I'm, it's interesting, but I kind of treat the games as one-offs like what Mm. is my experience with this particular game and oh is it connected is it a sequel to something else okay it's i'm kind of casually interested in the timeline but for me i'm more interested in the side quest and getting to know the characters Mm -hmm. like i I know okay so with history it's kind of related to how i approach history lessons war is fascinating but if you were going to say, Celeste, would you like to read a book about D-Day or would you like to read a book about how the families back home were living their That's daily right. lives? I'd, yeah. I would pick the latter. That's just a little bit more interesting to me. So yeah. kind of like the, I like the stories of Zelda. I like the exploration. Um, Majora's Mask keeps creeping up higher and higher into my top list just because I think about it so much and how it relates to things in, my re- in real life and things in my life. So to answer your question, <laughs> are you often haunted and stalked by giant moons? I mean, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, they just look at me. On, yeah, I know. On Tuesdays. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically. Just, on when Tuesdays. it wanes just Tuesdays, right. And there's a clear night. What, what, mm. yeah, I live in the South. I live an hour from New Orleans. So, you know, mm. Mm. that's where my parents lived for like 10 years back in the seventies. Really? Wow, yeah. it must have been wild back then. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they lived in Metairie. I don't know if you know where that is. Oh, oh yeah. We but... Usually whenever we decide to go to New Orleans, we're honestly going to Metairie so we don't have to deal with yeah. traffic and parking. It's right like 15, 20 minutes outside of New Orleans. Yeah, it's funny to listen to hear them talk about it because they still, they're, they're old people. Uh, they're in, in their 70s and 80s, which means, of course, means that they spend all day on Zillow looking at houses and just like <laughs> flipping through <laughs> slideshows. Look at that. Look at that. And coming up with, you know, ideas for their own house. But they always check that old house in New Orleans. And it's like a total shack. It's like, you know, just like four slabs of, of plywood. And I remember my mom telling me like, yeah, late at night when it got quiet, you could hear the roaches chewing on the glue in the books on the bookcases. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so oh. there, that's there's a oh nice visual. Oh my gosh! Unsubscribe. Yeah, they don't. So so I I say that because uh, they don't miss it there. <laughs> it was too hot, too sweltering, uh, too. It was it was. The, I mean, my mom was born and raised in St. Paul. My dad's a Michigan guy, ah, so okay. it, it was. My dad went down there for a job to um, uh, to work on the uh, dams and dikes down there. Believe it or not. Okay. <laughs> Which. Yeah, but um, yeah, they came back about ten years later, and then I was born. But yeah, they have they have some experiences down there, and yeah, my <laughs> it was pretty wild down there because my mom took her driving test when she was I think nineteen, and um, the car she used to take it, and this is the early seventies, the car she took 
took it did not have power steering and my mom's small so she's like <laughs> like just barely turning this car and the guy that's like her teacher is like you're doing just fine darling just, just keep turning that wheel wow and and she passed <laughs> the guy was just like eating his lunch you know and like checking check boxes on his little clipboard and oh, you're doing it's, just fine it is called the big easy oh that's yeah, yeah. yeah. good point um but uh, I live in more of, it's called, I guess you would consider like the Bayou region is where I live. Oh, wow. Um, it's about, about an hour away. It's a very small city, but I, I enjoy it. It's very family oriented. Um, two years ago, mm-hmm. we had Hurricane Ida and people I had never met were like our house got the, the little whirly bird or turbine flew off and we had to gut all but like three rooms of our house. And we lived with oh, my grandma. Oh my God. I'll spare you those details. No, it was a little traumatizing. Not, I, I no, I was going to say that sounds. I didn't even. Th- that's the thing about stuff like that. When you, when I've never been in a hurricane, so that never even occurred to me. Like if the wind turbines came off, and then all of a sudden your whole house is like exposed to all. That. Yeah. Craziness. Well, like, fortunately, wow, after up. we got our new roof, they um, we said they said, "Do you want a turbine it, again?" Nope, nope. We're doing bridge caps, whatever it is. Nope, no turbines. <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, it's, it's like we've talked about, like, do we want to move? And then it's like, oh, look, this place has tornadoes. Oh, this place has ice storms. This place has crime. This place has earthquakes. This place has fires. Like, <laughs> There's no escape from hell. We're all no. in it together. <laughs> That's comforting. But I, I will say, like, to sound a little schmaltzy, people I'd never met were stopping by, like, checking on us and giving us tarps that they had picked up when they evacuated. They were like, we said, hey, we have cash. How much can we pay you? They said, no, I'm just helping my community. Oh, um, that's nice. People giving us free food. So it's it's a little traumatic, but at the same time, you see good people. And I like, that's what I try to remember. There are always good people, and there's always a positive to something. Right. And there's always hungry roaches eating glue out of books. <laughs> Unfortunately, not in my house. I'm so sorry, Alex, that that happened to your parents. That is not a representation of every house down here, fortunately. Uh, um, so back to Zelda for a bit, because you've been talking about uh, some Zelda games here. You've name-dropped a couple. Um, what are your, say, top four Zelda titles? It's, you know, <laughs> they all have something unique to offer. Like I was saying, I, I kind of try to treat them as individual experiences but if i had to pick twilight princess ocarina of time majora's mask breath of the wild slash tears of the kingdom maybe Mm. i don't know um i'm still working through that one which i'm sure we'll get to but i I think if you were going to show someone who's never played zelda like hey here here here's some zelda games and they're each a little different i think they can each provide a nice unique experience um majora's mask just I think about it so much and just the different themes it has. But what about you, Travis? I think you like Zelda. Yeah, I do. Uh, my earliest, uh, I guess, passion for gaming stems from the original Legend of Zelda. Because we, we had an NES that was mainly, I think it was for me, but my dad was the one that played it the most because I was mm. five and just ass <laughs> at it. I didn't know what was going on. You know, I, just, I played it for like 10 minutes. And he's and like, then, give... Give me that controller. Let me show you how this is done. Pretty much. I, I remember like not really understanding it when we first got it. My sister played it. She was a little better at it than me. But for like 
you know, every Saturday morning I would come downstairs and it was like the re- like role reversal. Like my dad was crisscross applesauce in the floor playing Mario. And I'd be like, Dad, come on, we got to go. We got stuff to do today. Uh, so he was way more into it than me until we got Zelda. My cousin loaned it to us and we just never gave it back because my dad and I were both enamored with just the puzzles and, the, you know, everything about it. The music, the theme, it felt dark mm-hmm. and um, it was mysterious. And I was like, oh, video games are wild. Like, this is way cooler than the rest, like Galaga, Guerrilla War and Mario. I mean, I like Mario, but there was nothing like Zelda that I'd ever seen before. So that cemented my love for the series that lives on today. And I'm still kind of chasing the dragon of that one. Breath of the Wild kind of did it a little bit, where it kind of puts you out in the middle of nowhere, makes you kind of fend for yourself like the original does. Um, mm-hmm. And I, of course, love... I love all of them except the ones on DS. Those are the ones that I'm not a huge oh, fan of. But Spirit Tracks and Phantom Hourglass. Yeah, I'm not yeah. a huge fan of those. But the other ones, um, yeah, I can find something to love about just about all of them. Do you have a top four? Is that like picking your favorite child? Um, or children? You know, I'm glad you said Twilight Princess because that one's high on my list too, and I think it gets dunked on a lot by people. Uh, but I do like that Why one. Why is that? I, I think there's, I, I don't know. I think because it was maybe too edgy or it seemed like a, a response oh, from, was, like, oh, from Wind Waker. Yeah. And like Nintendo was like, okay, fine. You want a moody one? We'll give you a moody one. <laughs> <laughs> but I, did, I like that I one a lot. That. And um, of course, Link to the Past, the original, and Breath of the Wild. I think those are those would be my four, and, and similar to what you said, Celeste. I think those are four that are that stand alone. They're very unique, and uh, they span, you know, four eras of gaming. Yeah, and I do like Wind Waker. I know I didn't mention it, but that one I was hesitant at first. I was about in eighth grade or ninth grade when it came out, and I remember you know the teenagers in high school with me were like, "Oh, it looks like a kiddie game," and then. I pre-ordered it, and I got the Ocarina of Time slash Master Quest disc for GameCube as a pre-order bonus. Do they still do those? I think so. Hmm. Pre-order bonuses? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I I haven't pre-ordered anything since, like, 1998, so I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I think they do. Oh, they do. Yeah, Tears of the Kingdom, duh. Yeah, I I did get a little pre-order bonus with that. Um, But I remember thinking, oh, this looks like a kiddie game. It looks ugly. But then I played it, Mm -hmm. and it's... It's a joy. I mean, it's it's fun. Yes, the sailing of the seas before you get the warp points can be a little tedious, but I think Wind Waker is a, a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, for sure. It's um and it definitely it's historically important too because I think that's when Nintendo really started to draw the line in the sand, so to speak. But like, yeah, that's right. We're leaning into this like kitty Type, like Mario, like we're we're not afraid to mess with with stuff that works. Like we're willing to take this like huge chance, just like we did with uh, Yoshi's Island on Super Nintendo. Yes. Like this is going to be a totally different. Uh, ex- this isn't the kind of Mario game you're expecting. And I think Wind Waker was, hmm. uh, yeah, it's flawed, but it's still a f- it's it. I like sailing around. Yeah, it gets it gets old, but um, I, I gotta I gotta say though, not enough Link's Awakening for my liking liking yet. Not a single Link's Awakening. So do you like all the versions, the original, the color version, the remake? I've only played the original and the remake. I didn't spend a whole lot of time with the DX one on Game Boy Color, but I loved the original like from the first time I played it, just because it's so weird. <laughs> like at, at like the big the big uh, exchange sequence where you're like trading dog food for 
flowers or <laughs> with yes. an alligator or or whatever that yes <laughs> whatever, and the little hippo modeling for yes the, the artist <laughs> yeah the hippo model. yeah there's all sorts of like weird little touches that doesn't even have anything to do with like the game he's just there and it's so funny but um i like how simple it is and i think it's really cleverly made from a structure standpoint where you're unlocking stuff as you go you still see blank spots on the map you try and get there you know, it's it's got that Metroid style thing where it's like the next item you get will unlock this part. And then there's all sorts of new weird stuff here. So I think it's really well done in that sense. Um, I remember there being a, a little bit of resistance at the time when I was a kid because I remember telling some of my friends in grade school, like, yeah, I like this one better than the other ones. And my friend Tim at the time was like, yeah, but you can't like walk around anywhere you want. That's what I like about Zelda. And it's like, yeah, you can't. But the game does a good enough job giving giving the illusion of being able to do that by unlocking stuff little by little. So I think it's clever. I think it's a clever game. Um, Although I do... I do love the current direction it's going with Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild. I'm not a big open world guy, but if I were, I would be all over that stuff just because of the the crazy builds that people make <laughs> that somehow work that looks like a lot of fun do i have three other ones well i mean link to the past has to be on there um i'll tell you what i'll go a little off the radar. i'm gonna put majora's mask on there too because i love that i love the, like the off the beaten path zelda games mm-hmm. more than i like mm-hmm. the the main zelda games to be honest but i do love zelda too Oh, uh, I like how nice. I like how it's like a one-on-one fighting game almost at times. Like the boss fights, like are so tough. That game really rewards you for getting good at at stuff, at pattern recognition and defense, and really leans into that. I think I think it's. Is there another NES game that's even close to how that game is? I guess like Battle of Olympus, maybe, but that game's not nearly as good. But. Uh, yeah, Zelda Two is is on my top four. I think great music in that one too. I oh, mm-hmm. Zelda Two is a great sure. choice. Yeah, it's still using Smash all the time. Yeah, I think it's got to be the hardest Zelda. Me and a buddy got through it to beat it, and um, it was it was wild. And it works like an RPG. It's like different. Even no other one did a lot of the stuff that one did. Yeah, it's there's there's a leveling system. You can make your magic more powerful. But I, I admit I have not beaten it without cheesing the final boss. Oh yeah, where you just sit in the corner. I I can't beat Shadow Link. I just can't. I I, don't, I would have to like quit my job <laughs> and like <laughs> dedicate my life to studying what the hell to do. Uh, I'm not about to do that. So yeah, it's so funny you say that because when we got there to the final boss, me and my buddy, we been we were pretty day drunk at this point because you got to drink a little bit of beer when you're playing nintendo with your bud <laughs> we've taken off work for this too we planned this we're like april 18th we're beating this game come on over and nice it's like 5 30 we've been playing it for like eight hours we get to dark <laughs> we get to dark link and i see him come on screen and i'm just like shit dude i don't know what to do and i'm just like holding down over in the corner i'm like dude i don't even know how to hit him and then i end up just beating him and he was like you son of a bitch did you know that's how you cheese him? I was like, no, I was just too afraid to fight him. So I ended up beating the game by being too afraid to go toe-to-toe. Uh, nice. Yeah. Wow. Fear. I need to play that one. And I have not played every Zelda game, but um, the first time I saw Link, Zelda 2, I should say, Adventure of Link, was in high school. A high school boyfriend was playing it, and I was 
amazed because of the, it wasn't top down. It was side scrolling and people were walking, which to me blew my mind. Like, wow, they had this technology where the (laughs) NPCs, and I grew up with an NES. Um, my, my dad is also a gamer even to this day. And, um, yeah, just, just for some reason, Zelda wasn't in our household for a while, but I wish he could be on this podcast because he would easily talk with you, Alex, about all the sports titles. <laughs> sports stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, I wanted to ask you about more of the minutiae involved in the Zelda series because what I notice on your podcast um, where you talk about all this stuff is that you really go into like... Like like you said, your example of like, would you rather read about the battles or would you rather rather read about the families involved and like mm-hmm. behind the scenes and that sort of thing? You kind of do that with Zelda almost where it's like, what about these guys coming up from the ground? <laughs> They're zombies, <laughs> but who are they really? And it's like, yeah, who are they really? So yeah. I think you guys do a good job with that. <laughs> well, thank you for listening. Um, I'm, I'm not on too many episodes because David, I don't know if you knew this, he is almost... Like, it has to be a last resort for us to record uh, digitally. He has to record in person for it to feel right. Oh, okay. So he's, yeah. Yeah. So he's in Chicago. He came down last year in October, and we recorded three episodes in my kitchen. And I I recorded with him when uh, my husband and I went to Chicago twice. And we went to, oh my gosh, not Video Games Live. Gosh, help me. That's a concert series <laughs> that I've been to. It was, um, you know, I'm getting old. It's being in that washing machine. I cannot remember. Um, <laughs> I cannot remember what it's called. It was a video game. The video game Summit. Oh, yes. wow. Okay. Summit. Yes. Mountain Time. Thank Sounds you, important. Travis. Yes. yes. Thank you. Mountain Time. Uh, <laughs> so it's it was a place where people could sell their games and um, sell their art. And we would do live trivia shows. But... Every now and then I'll be on a pre-recorded episode. I, I mostly do a lot of community stuff. We recently this year started doing extra for our patrons where once a, every other month we'll do a, a happy hour hangout for an hour and a half and you can just pop into Discord and we all visit. And then the months between that we do Zelda trivia for about half an hour for the patrons. So I do that kind of stuff. But yeah, the topics, David what attracted me to the episode and and I've become friends with these people involved it's it's about being positive like David's very careful of turning things into a positive and if you're going to say you don't care for something it's not just going to be blatantly saying oh well this is stupid it's like well let's be constructive and let's put a a nice little positive twist on it because he's very big on being family friendly on the podcast and uh, yeah. which this is where I can get my true self out. I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> Podcast yeah, bring like it. this. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck those DS. Like light up a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, but he likes to do topics that are evergreen, where if you've never listened sure, to the yeah. podcast, you come on season one, it's like, uh, let's talk about the three goddesses. Oh, it's okay that it's been six, seven years since this episode has debuted. You can still enjoy it. And every now and then we'll do a timely one. We get involved with Linktober's Creator Con, which is digital. We did um, Zelda Pictionary this year. That was a lot of fun. People trying to guess what we drew. And uh, I'm not a good artist. Do either of you like to draw? Uh, I like I like doing it, but that doesn't mean I mean not that I don't like it, but I just I'm not. I can barely like draw names out of a hat. So I pin the papers. (laughs) 
that was good. No, it was, but it was fun. And it was like, people were having a good time at how horrible some of us were drawing, uh, like, like myself. But yeah, the minutiae with Zelda, we, I had proposed some topics to David and one that I had been wanting to do for years that we finally did last year, Life After Hyrule. Because even though yes, Nintendo- that's the one I checked out, yeah. Oh, thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I was just thinking like, okay, it's not that Zelda I get like religious vibes, but they do talk about temples and goddesses and then they show halos on some characters like Dompei and Twinrova and they have- graveyards they talk about they have redeads they have the shadow temple in ocarina of time so i just kind of was thinking gosh what would life after hyrule be like what what are these apparitions that we're seeing in the game or are they restless spirits and in twilight princess you see the ghost of Queen Rutella, the Zora Queen, and she leads you to her grave and she tells you to protect her son, who's the prince and stuff. So I don't know. It kind of, this is somewhat related. Do, do either of you believe in ghosts or anything? I'm fascinated by the idea of ghosts, but I don't live in New Orleans, so I don't see them often. <laughs> Just roaches. Yeah. Just <laughs> roaches. Um, yeah, I. I don't know. I have complicated thoughts about that, but I, 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 I'll say in a way I kind of actually do, but just not like in a, I don't, I just don't think that humans have a lot to do with them. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like I think there's two, if there are ghosts, I think humans are like too boring. Like if I were a ghost, I wouldn't hang out here. You know what I mean? Why would you stay on earth where Travis said it's literally hell? Why would you? It's not been great lately. Here. I would, I would go like, I'd go hang out someplace else. Like, no offense, Earth, but I'm out of here. But Earth's like, oh. Um, <laughs> I mean, go give some love to Pluto, right? Pluto, yeah, it needs it these days. But um, it does. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I, I love a good ghost story. They're interesting. Yeah, I, I recently this week I picked up a book from the library called "Wow, No Thank You" by Samantha Irby, which is just a funny collection of essays. And I, I fully feel what she was saying where she's not religious and she doesn't really believe in ghosts, but she's not going to mess with a Ouija board or <laughs> possibly get into things. She doesn't know yeah. that she, what she's dealing with. Um, like yeah. To quote Michael Scott from The Office, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, about sums it up. That's yeah. a great yeah. quote. <laughs> kind of like, oh, you know... I don't know if I'm on board with it, but I also don't want to risk upsetting anything. Yeah. Do you do you have like a favorite like little story that you've come across in, in, in a Zelda game where it's just like that one sticks in your head or you get excited to tell people about that one? Because uh, I have one. Oh, I, I want to know what you like you, a if, like a moment or a side quest or a character. Just, yeah, just a side quest or a character, a moment or or something, or even just a little bit of trivia. Oh gosh, I think I remember being really excited because Ocarina of Time was the second Zelda I played. And do you remember this when it's really cool because depending on whether you're an adult or a child, it reflects your age accurately, which I appreciated. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the cutscene. When you're in the graveyard yeah. and you play Zelda's Lullaby in front of the royal tomb for the first right. time to open it, there's this, you know, it gets dark and there's lightning. And there's a brief second 
where lightning flashes and it pans over Link's face and you see his eyes. And I just thought that was the coolest shit (laughs) I had ever seen in my life. Just like walking into Castletown seven years later as an adult. Like I I was about nine or 10 when I played it and I, I was terrified. I'm like, where is everyone? And why are there these scary little zombie things in this castle town <laughs> that's really cool yeah. yeah i that's you know trev when was the last time you played o- ocarina of time because it's been a really long time for me it's one that i famously have never finished but i keep making it like really far i make oh. it a little further each time i start it up but um so it's almost it's almost like you need to do it out of obligation at this point, which means you're going to keep putting it off. Does that sound accurate? Yeah, somewhat. I think four or five <laughs> years ago I made it uh, kind of far in, but then I, I recently got a 3ds and I have the um, oh there have that go. version. Yeah. So I'm like, well, maybe I'll just start over and play that one. Oh, what kind of 3ds did you get? What does it look like? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. It's blue. It's like okay. It's like sky blue. Maybe. Oh, oh. yeah. We're twinsies. They... That's mine too. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I have the um, Animal Crossing one. Oh, nice! It's it's white with the little house cherries and leaves on it. But I, the reason I was asking is because the 3DS had so many different like collectible versions. Yeah, come out. There was a there was a Zelda one with like the Hyrule mm-hmm. crest and stuff. My my friend had that one. But um, I wanted to quickly mention though, there is a bit of a really cool thing in Link to the Past that. Ooh. I could not believe that I didn't really know about this until like a few months ago. So in Kakariko Village, when you have the magic powder, um, there's a house in the northwest corner. Um, You lift up a jar and there's a chicken in the house. That's it. The whole house is empty except when you lift up the jar. It sounds like a Norm MacDonald bit so far. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it gets better. R.I.P. Yeah, I know. Um, When you sprinkle the magic powder on the chicken, it turns into a woman, and she has dialogue. And she's like, I wish you wouldn't pick on my chicken friends. And I like life better as a chicken and something like that. And then when you leave and come back, she's a chicken again. So It's just a weird, like, what the heck? How did I not know this existed until, like, 30 years later? One of those things. I like that bit. I, I've heard of it. I haven't done it. I thought you were going to bring up the Chris Houlihan room. Mm. Oh, yeah. There's that, too, because he won a contest or something. So right. he got to have his own uh, secret room. That's, I know. That's Gosh. cool, man. I wish, I wish I had a secret room in Zelda. That'd be cool. The Trav oh, room. What would, you, what would yours say, like, if you had to pick... Like, would you would you have your character say something? Like, if you're an NPC in in a Zelda mm-hmm. game and you have a secret room, what 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 are they saying when when they walk in? Oh man, that's a great question. When Link walks in, that is a great question. Damn man, and I, I was like, oh, this is my moment. I gotta have something clever. My mind went yeah, absolutely. Well, well I ever blank. I've I've already thought of mine. It's like, why are you playing this game instead of Ken Griffey Jr. presents Major <laughs> League Baseball? That's, this is ridiculous. Turn the power off and let's go back and play that game instead. That's perfect. That is perfect. Oh, that's that is great. Oh man. Um I I like talking to NPCs multiple times and then I like visiting them after 
some oh, time sure. has passed to see if they see if they say anything different, like an Earthbound. Mm, right. I was just gonna say, like Earthbound is so good at that. There's that yes. one guy you talk to like 50 times, and then he gives you like 50 bucks or something like that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um. Gosh, what would I say in Zelda if I were an NPC? Well, I have IBS, so if there's not a toilet around, it's gonna be a bad time. So, <laughs> I guess I'd say Link. Don't use my toilet. <laughs> I don't know. That's off the top of my head. That's pretty good, though. <laughs> and then, like, if he walks to the bathroom, my character would instantly stop him and say, hey, I told you, don't use my bathroom. I, I, I don't think, I don't think houses have, I don't think the houses in Kakariko Village have toilets i think they have like an outhouse or something i don't know oh, maybe for everyone's benefit mine would have to have a toilet. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want me using the uh, communal outhouse yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but can we talk about majora's mask just for a second speaking of, of toilets course. okay of course the the scary hand but you know what's even more disturbing there's no door on that bathroom it's right next to the reception and across oh. from it is the kitchen i need some what what department? The Department of Health, Department of Health, Hyrule of Termina, to go and investigate this? Like, oh. yeah, that, I'm pretty sure that's that's illegal. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to make eye contact with anybody making your sandwich. You just don't want to. Yeah, it's weird from the from the John. That's not nobody likes that. Well, fancy me and you in a podcast like this. My name is Captain Drachma, and I'm one of the co-hosts of IndieQuest. On this show, we dive into the amazing worlds of indie video games and attempt to determine where they rank on our own rating system, something we call the quest log. If that sounds like something that might trip your trigger, join me and my co-host Blinkin' Frantic on our adventure. You can find IndieQuest wherever podcasts are heard and on polymedianetwork.com, the best website on the internet. Uh, so Celeste, you said you've been playing a little bit of Tears of the Kingdom, and I will say uh, a majority of our listeners uh, are sort of focused on the the retro side of things, and, and many of them probably uh, haven't played even Breath of the Wild. Uh, they've heard about this Tears of the Kingdom, and they're like, "Oh, that's newfangled Zelda. I don't want any part of it." <laughs> uh, so maybe maybe talk a bit about Con it. Sarnet. Yeah, maybe maybe talk a bit about it and uh, make it appeal to some of these old fogies who refuse to to get a console that can do anything beyond thirty two bits. Okay, do you like not doing anything else on weekends where you have no obligations, but sitting in your living room and playing video games? Mm. Well, <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom is for you, 1,000%. So far, so good. <laughs> so it's, a lot of people are joking that it is like Breath of the Wild DLC because it takes place in the same world. Mm-hmm. But I... If I don't have anything to do on the weekends, I have spent multiple Saturdays or Sundays since it came out in May of 2023, and it is August 16th, 2023, that we are recording, playing for eight plus hours. Hmm. If I if I have time, it's not common, but I've, I've spent a few Saturdays or Sundays doing it. If you like side quests, oh, they have side quests. If you like battles, it has battles. If you like puzzles, it has puzzles. It has dungeons. It has a sky area. Mm. It has a surface area. It has a depths area. All three areas. So you're not limited to just the uh, earthly realm of it. It has storyline. It has many, many NPCs. It would be cool if like... 
in 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 the next iteration of this game, like you just basically go back into like the original Zelda, and it's the, like the whole game is like right there. Like that's the dungeon, or <laughs> like you go into Link's Awakening and you have to play through that. Like that's what I'm waiting for. Like, can can we incorporate entire games as side quests? <laughs> Maybe that wouldn't work as a, from a practicality standpoint. It's a fascinating idea. I just though. thought that would be. F- that would that be, would be cool. a long ass side quest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eight hours later, finally yes. woke up the wind fish. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in um, the original Animal Crossing, well, I say original, the one for America in on the GameCube, you could get NES games and you could play Zelda on it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody asked me a long time ago, like as an idea for my channel, and I I didn't even know how to do this, or I, I could barely understand what they were talking about but they were like what are the best games that are in other games mm, like okay <laughs> it's like uh um like one example one one crude example would be in the super nintendo game legend of the mystical ninja uh early on in the game you go to like a carnival or a fair and you can play the first level of gradius there and for a super nintendo oh, game wow. that's pretty pretty nuts but that's 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 where I'm coming from, though. I want a side quest to be like, you know what? Here's Twilight Princess. Go finish that and then come back. Oh, man. That would I be... don't think that would catch on very well, but maybe missions from those games. Yeah. I think that would, <gasps> yeah. maybe that would work. Or a boss fight, even. That'd be kind of cool. Kind of like a, a Zelda remix. That's kind of what you get. <gasps> yes, yes. Kind of like, yeah, the Nintendo remix mm-hmm. that came out a few years ago and then... Kind of thinking of like along the lines of WarioWare, the little snippets, right? Yeah, of that's that'd it? be perfect. Yeah, those little what what is smaller. that term called? Um, the t- the type of maneuvering you have to do, like Resident Evil Four has it. Other games have it where you have to time. Oh, like actually, I don't know what I'm talking about. I can't think of the term. It's it's called <laughs> like a real time oh, like event Q- or, or something. Quick time event QTE. Quick time event. Yes. Yeah. Something like that would be fun in a Zelda. I don't, yeah. Well, not for everybody, but I think it would be fun. And um, and you get to build things, like Alex said earlier, in Tears like, of the Kingdom. You can make something your horse can pull. You can add rockets to things. You can glide on water with some hoverboards. It's I don't know. It's it's neat. It's just if you like exploring. Mm-hmm. Oh, this game scratches that itch. Yeah, so I, ha- right, I have to admit, I, I did start playing it a little bit. I'm very, I'm not far into it at all. Uh, as in, like, I don't even know if I've made any measurable progress other than running around and just figuring <laughs> things out. But I did get the hang of, like, how to create something that would make me float across water. And, of course, it mm-hmm. gave me everything I needed. It was like, here's your wood, dude, and here's a little thing that'll make you go. And when I got it together and sailed across the water, I felt like a fucking genius. I was like, dude, I, I'm going to go out in the garage and just, like, build a coffee table now. I'm so smart at building stuff. So it, it does kind of have that, like, it's very rewarding in that it's 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 kind of holding your hand a little bit and, like, being like, wink, wink. This is everything you need to, to do this. But still, when you put it together, you're like, yes. I'm probably one of the smartest people on it. Like, Oppenheimer who? <laughs> I mean, look at me. <laughs> I like that you bring that up because I'm not saying it's because of Tears of the Kingdom, Travis, <laughs> but a few weeks ago, I built a lamp by myself. What? A lamp? From Target, a $30 Wait, lamp. Wait, you built I a lamp from Target? You stole a lamp from Target. Wait, what, what happened? 
<laughs> I got a lamp from Target, one that it comes with, you know, the instruction booklet. And usually my father or significant others in my life have built things like that. Mm. But um, my I'm an early bird and my husband's a night owl. It was about nine or 10 in the morning on a Sunday. And I was like, I'm going to do this on my own. And by golly, I'm looking at this lamp right now. Thank you, Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> Travis is going to build a coffee table. Yeah. <laughs> I built a lamp. I'm not saying it's because of Tears of the Kingdom, but perfect timing. I don't know. <laughs> well, that is... I'm ready to build a house. Yeah, right? That's how I felt. And I only built like two things so far. And I was like, man, this game's going to be so easy. So smart. But um, oh, it is it is yeah. fun, and I, everyone that I know that has beaten it is like, man, this is like the best seven thousand hours I've ever spent playing a game, and that's intimidating. <laughs> like it seems like it's it's a big time sink. Yeah. So that's that's really what scares me about it is you know I ain't got I ain't got tons of time, but it is fun so far. So uh, I have to endorse everything you've said to now, even though I've only played for like two hours. I will say, depending on my mood, I can feel a little overwhelmed. Yeah. With the amount of choices. It's choice paralysis, yeah. A little bit, yeah. Like, yeah, choice paralysis or what is it, analysis paralysis, mm. something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Just depending on my mood. Like, if I'm if I'm not in the mood to think or make decisions or I don't know, it, it depends. It, do y'all ever feel that way about video games where if there are too many decisions or it feels a little too open world? I think, Alex, you alluded to that. Sometimes you're in the mood for it, and other times, if you're stressed, it's like, oh, this is adding too much to my mind. Yeah, I need structure. I need to be told what to do in a video game. At least I, I appreciate it when it's like, complete this task. Okay, I did it. Where it's like, create your own task. It's like, no, that's your job. <laughs> right, exactly. Sometimes I, I yearn for a more mindless game, especially if it's late at night and I have some time to kill and I don't really want to watch anything. That's true, like, yeah, that's true too. Yeah. yeah, Tears mm-hmm. of the Kingdom might not be where I go to just because I'm like, man, I first of all, I have to remember what the hell I was even up to when I played it last <laughs> and, and all that. You don't have Navi telling yeah. you, hey, by the way, you need to be going to Death Mountain. You see that big flame over it over know, there? Right, and there's no washing machines to break open to find you, so... God, just <laughs> yeah, I get that 100%. So, I did want to uh ask you a couple other things that are not Zelda related if you don't mind real quick. Whew, all right, hot seat. Yeah. So, there are two things that that you've done in addition to the content you've created. So, you you've been great. You've you've been on uh, another Zelda podcast a couple of times. You've been um I met you originally Caleb and I from Tales of the Lesser Medium. Uh were interviewed by mm-hmm. you on uh, it's what is it one one on one like the boss rush podcast um yeah 1v1, 1v1. I, I found yeah i found out about you guys because of our good friend burger champ he That's shared right. tales of the lesser medium and uh i listened to your resident evil episodes and lost it while I was cleaning the bathrooms because that's usually when I listen to long podcasts is while I'm cleaning and right. Timmy, my, my husband was like, what what's so funny? I'm like <laughs> Barry Burton. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it sounds like you have to clean a lot of bathrooms. Uh, so um, I'm glad I get a lot of rotation on that uh, chore. But um, so in addition to all that, all that great uh, content that you've created, and we'll link a lot of that in the show notes. Uh, there's also two things that you did that I, I thought was pretty neat. So you, you taught uh, English in Japan for a period of time, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, 2012 for six months. And what was that like? Oh, gosh. It was it was kind of one of those bucket list things. Um, I majored in English, and one of the professors said that he taught English in Japan, so I talked with him about it, and it was something I really wanted to do. I didn't really know what I wanted to do after I graduated 
from college, a lot of my professors said, go get your master's, go get your PhD. And I, I kind of just wanted to experience life outside of the classroom for a little bit and see what else I could do besides write papers and study all the time. And I'm glad I did it when I was 23, because I think it'd be very difficult to just say, hey, I'm going to teach in another country while I have a mortgage and mm. family and yeah, cats. For sure. <laughs> but it was, you know, it's funny. And they, they give you all this paperwork to kind of prep you like, okay, you're going to go through a honeymoon period. And then you're going to start thinking back to things in your native country where, hmm, they don't do this in Japan, but they do this where I live. Why can't they do this in Japan? It's, it's a very advanced country. And I felt safer there than I've ever felt in the United States. But you know, there, there are little things like my apartment did not have a dryer and I had to hang dry everything, which I know people in the United States have that as well. But, um, I don't know, like some, some things they're a little old fashioned with, like I had to go pay some of my bills at Lawson's, which is a convenience store. Like I have to go pay my water bill <laughs> in person right. versus online. And that was 2012, which we certainly had the technology where people were paying bills online. But I taught um, all ages. Like I taught like one hour I could be teaching babies and the next hour I could be teaching teenagers. And then the next hour I could be teaching elementary school students. So it was on, I was on my toes and I made some wonderful friends. I got to go to the Resident Evil Cafe in Tokyo. Whoa. That's While awesome. I was there, the Biohazard Cafe, I got to see The Dark Knight Rises in a theater in Japan, um, in Tokyo. I lived in a small, not small, but um, a smaller city called Totori, which is on the western side near the Sea of Japan. It's known for its sand dunes. So it was... I got homesick and, and I had ended my contract abruptly due to some stuff going on back home. But I am very thankful for that experience. And I'm very thankful for the friends I made and the things I got to see. And I miss it. I, I do. Like, I, it was just fun walking around. And I have long, black, dark hair. And it was really funny because in big cities, there are a lot of people from all over the world, like Tokyo and everything, Osaka. But where I live, they didn't get too many foreigners. So people would think I was also Japanese until <laughs> they'd see my face. <laughs> and, then I'd, and then they'd kind of stare at me like, wait a minute. <laughs> you look a little, you look a little different. <laughs> well, that's neat. So did the, did it go the other way? Did you, did you absorb Japanese while being, I mean, I'm sure you know, you, you could find your way around, but is it to an extent where uh, you can you can read and, and listen and watch and absorb what's being said? Oh, gosh, I know maybe five words. Ah, I, okay. I, apply, I applied in March or April, and I was there in June okay. of that year. So Not enough time was, for some Rosetta fast. Stone, right? Okay. <laughs> no, no, I did, I, you know, I learned some phrases. I also learned that, have you heard the... Um, the expression while you're, I think it's in French, where if you're tipping your wine glasses, like you're you're doing a, a toast, you might say chin chin. Mm, yeah. In Japanese, that means penis. <laughs> so I did that <laughs> in Japan. I was like chin chin. Wow. And <laughs> they stared at me a little bit. Like, sure. Because you just yelled Whoa. penis while holding the glass out. To them. <laughs> That's cool. I, <laughs> I did the, what was that game? Like the penis game where you start off very quiet and say it louder and louder until you're the last person. You never played that in high school? You've or? taught me two things. You've taught me how to say penis in Japan, and you've taught me there's a game called penis that I can play by myself. <laughs> this is great. I'm learning. I, I'm writing this stuff down right now. 
I was in I was in band, so whenever we'd go on band trips, we'd do stupid shit on the buses, <laughs> right. and we'd play the penis game to <laughs> annoy our chaperones, like penis, penis, penis. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So don't yell chin chin in Japan is what you're saying. Okay, got it. Um, or do who knows? Maybe you'll have a good time. Um, okay, before we get to emails, I have one more thing I wanted to ask you about. And I know we're, we're we're almost at an hour. We haven't even got the emails yet. But you did tell me that a couple years ago you taught a writing course at the local jail. And I can't stop thinking about it. Uh, how how did that go? It was it was very rewarding. I want to do it again. I just I, I need to find time to reach out to them. I follow our local sheriff's department's Instagram account. And they were showing something in 2020 or 2021, this kind of rehabilitation program where the inmates were drawing and they were showcasing their their artwork so i reached out to the correctional officer in charge of those kinds of activities and said do y'all have any writing classes and she asked if i'd like to do it so for six weeks once a week i went to the local jail and i taught the men and it was very rewarding they they were very respectful and there's another person in the room either an officer or an employee who's not in a uniform and it's people who are on good behavior you know and i felt safe i never felt threatened nobody hit on me or anything they were all very respectful called me miss celeste and <laughs> talked about their experiences and i brought some different pieces of literature and we analyzed it and i i'd had them do different exercises and um, I had asked Travis if I'm allowed to curse and tell crude stories on this podcast, and he said I can. So can oh, I share this? Hundred percent, please, please. We <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's put the kids to bed here. Chin chin, <laughs> put the kids to bed. I gotta cover Clyde's ears. <laughs> okay, now you're good. We're good. Awesome. So for my second class, one of the students wasn't there, and I said, "Oh, where's so and so?" And they said, "Oh, he's in uh, solitary or something." And I was like, "Oh no." What happened? And they got they all got really quiet and looked very uncomfortable. And I was like, oh, okay, I understand. And then <laughs> one of them finally said, he got caught sucking off some other guy. What? He got trouble for that? <laughs> being neighborly and fun? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you got in trouble for that. Yeah. I guess. I don't what know a bummer. Were. If they were in a closet i mean i i don't know was it like an orange is a new black situation <laughs> i have no yeah they they must have like snuck off or something i i guess man I, that's yeah i don't know but it was i was like i'm never asking questions again but man those those people those people in jail they're such party poopers been saying that for years they really are it, man you know it, it was really funny i got home and i, I was telling timmy you know I hope I never get arrested, but this is a really nice facility. I have to say, like, it's, it was, it's newer, so it just looks really clean. They have classrooms, they have ways that you can further your education. I'm like, right. huh. Hmm. huh? They got a, they got a blowjob shed, uh, but you got to, you got to book it at the right time, I guess. I guess so, but it was, it was very inspiring, and I think a lot of them. It made me reflect a lot. Like, if I had been born in different circumstances and were faced with certain options, can I say I'd always make the lawful choice? Right. Right. Yeah. And it just kind of makes you think a little bit, humbles you. For sure. Well, I'm glad you did that. I'm sure it was a, it was a great experience, and obviously you came away with some good stories. So that's that's honestly why I do anything is for a good story. <laughs> so good good for you doing that. That's very community minded. 
You're That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah it's oh. not every day you hear yeah. somebody that did that. Exactly. I need to do it again. It's been a little while. I just, I, I need to find the time. If I, if, if I could retire now at 34, I would volunteer and travel. Like that would be what I want to do. Some people are like, I don't know what I do. I like, I, there are some people at jobs I've been at where I don't think I could ever retire. Are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> I would do it now. I would go right. <laughs> Type the email out right now if you guys talk me into it. Um, I think I, I think I did figure out what I want my NPC character to say in Zelda, and it's just, it's just, it's oh. just Chin Chin. That's all I want to say. <laughs> I'm so happy I could inspire you. Yes. All right. Well, well done. Let's bring out some well emails. Done. I don't think any of these are going to be too, too long to answer. I think we could probably knock them out. So uh, the first one here, this one's from Good Vibe Collecting. He says, "Here it is, three years later, and some backstory." Uh, they sent an email to us three years ago, and somehow the inbox uh, skipped it. Or so I'm going to blame the. I'm not going to blame yeah. either Alex or I'm going to say Google deleted it or something. Well, yeah, we fired the person in charge mm-hmm. of our email. We did. So that that whoever that guy was takes the blame. So ever since I reorganized the email box, uh, we're, we're, it's easier to find That's stuff. Right. And we found this. That's right. And that person was probably Caleb J. Ross. Caleb, you fired. Um, <laughs> All right, he says, uh, all right, Ness, Ness Drunk and Sness Friend. Already got him backwards. It's a good email so far. Uh, so I don't normally do these electronic mail things, but I just want to say Return to Innocence is not the most embarrassing song of the 90s. In fact, I would even go as far as to say I actually like it. We all damn well know that the Macarena is the most embarrassing song of the 90s possibly ever. It was constantly being played on every radio station, at every sporting event, and even at school a few times. It felt like you couldn't get away from it. Anyways, I'm curious to hear your opinion on it. P.S. And this is a shot over the bow at you, Alex. Super Baseball Simulator. Is it 1,000 or 1? What do you say? Is it 1,000? Because it's a fucking period, not a comma. Okay. Super Baseball (laughs) Simulator... I, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be me. Super Baseball Simulator One is the best baseball game on Super Nintendo. Change my mind. Okay, Ken Griffey Jr. presents Major League Baseball. The best, and that, and that's all I gotta say about that. Just like Stone Cold Steve Austin, got to talk real fast and declarative. And I think he just changed yeah, his mind, just like that. I just changed his mind, just like that. No, it's uh, Super Baseball Sim is a good one, but um, and I definitely sold it short when I first played it way back in the super early days of the channel. But I made up for it since then, gave it its own video, and yeah, it's good. But like, come on, it's not even close. Like, I don't know. I I, I talk too much about that game already. Just just go play it instead. <laughs> you don't need to listen to me. Just go play it. But as far as the Macarena goes. I don't really remember. I was in high school when that was going on, and it seemed like it was pretty easy to avoid because it was mostly like people our parents' age into it. Like nobody in my class gave a crap. Oh yeah, you know it was it was like all the older people, like the oh man. Ugh. I think I was at the yeah, the age it, where it was kind of a thing. I was in sixth grade, and so like every sock hop and like every not even sock hop, just like in the hallway. But the thing was, people didn't. <laughs> it was a dance that no one knew the words to, so people would just make sounds. It'd be like they didn't know the words. They were just like scatmanning through it and doing the moves. Yeah. So it was always kind of confusing. But I it always made me. Wish that Mike Patton covered it. There you go. So he would go like full Mike Patton and be like. I did see a woman uh, less than a week ago at a bar do the Macarena without Macarena music going. So, I mean, it lives on to this day. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, what about you, Celeste? Do you have Macarena thoughts? Celeste, you remember the Macarena? <laughs> so, are you doing the Macarena right now? I, I okay. Macarena. So, I do think you remember how to do it? I do, but I'm not going to do it right here. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not good at it. But I want to say that I love Return to Innocence. I'm a big fan of the Pure Mood soundtracks. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, and that was the first song on that commercial that was on 24 <laughs> yes. Hours a Day back in the 90s. Yes. What's the name of the guy? Enigma, Enigma. Enigma. Or something like that. Um, yeah. Yes. A lot I'm, of those songs are 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 actually pretty decent. I'm I, I'm with you on that. Oh gosh, Gravity of Love is their best one, I think. Huh? Wow. By Enigma. That I think is... my mom has that. CD, I didn't know we had so. an Enigma head on here tonight. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I um, yeah, I I have. I have almost all the Pure Moods CDs, but if you want to listen to one that's actually relaxing, I'd say Pure Moods 3 has the most relaxing music, where Pure Moods 1 has Return to Innocence, but it also has the X-Files theme and Tubular Bells, the theme from The Exorcist. So if you're trying to take a bubble bath with relaxing music, (laughs) I don't know if the first one is what what I go with. Um, But the Macarena, um, I was in elementary school when it came out, and I remember in fourth grade, this sweet boy named Alan. I had just transferred to a different elementary school and he was one of the, just just nice. You know how it is when you're a kid, you're going mm-hmm. maybe to a new place and he was just one of the nicer kids and he was of Spanish or Mexican descent and he was fluent, or I'm assuming he still is, um, if he's still alive, <laughs> Alan. Um, so he could sing the Macarena. Oh, nice. In Spanish, which, I mean, we were in fourth grade, but I guess the panties were dropping. I don't know. <laughs> right. We thought it was... We were highly impressed. Yeah. I'm, that was his party trick. If I saw anybody do that, it didn't. It wouldn't matter if they were nine years old or 50. I would be impressed because I... <laughs> It literally, I, as a kid, I didn't even know that they were saying words. I didn't understand. I was like, <laughs> people are just moving a lot to this. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was like his little Pied Piper move right there. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Man, Alan. I hope you went on to do great things, bud. Still doing it today, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Teaching Macarena lessons down behind the, the Y. <laughs> Let's move on to the next email here. We got a question from the good old Midwest where I'm from, from Chad. And he says, hello. Hello. I recently came across your podcast and I have been binging it ever since. I have been a SNES drunk, or I'm sorry, a SNES drunk fan for many years, mostly for Clyde. Ah, Clyde. That's always really cool to hear. Clyde Doug. I have been enjoying Trav's channel as well. Just wanted to drop a line that you will read six months <laughs> later to tell you how much I appreciate <laughs> the podcast and channels. How dare you, sir? I think this is only from last month, if We're I remember catching correctly. Up. Catching up. We're catching up. We're doing okay. Um, I have always been a big sports fan and sports games fan and sports game fan like Alex. So I really enjoy hearing him drop random jokes about 80s and 90s players. Mike Schmidt. My question for Mike Schmidt's not obscure enough, though. See, Uh, I'm 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 trying. You got to go Mickey Morandini if you're going to Phillies or Danny Jackson. But uh, (laughs) my question for you, fellas, Celeste, I'm trying to teach Trav how to do it right. He's, he's, still, he's, he's still swinging for the fences with Mike Schmidt. It's like, dude, everybody already that. knows Mike Schmidt. Such a good mustache. Oh, he's oh the mustache is, is he's a Hall of Famer just for the mustache. But right, you get you got to go like uh, Denny Hawking or uh, or Dan Gladden, the Dazzle Man. <laughs> anyway, 
my question for you fellas is that other than Bo Jackson and Tech Mobile, who are your top three other dominating players in retro sports games? Please keep up or keep up the awesome work as a man who owns a CDI. I hope and recommend Trav never to find one. It's awful. Cheers and happy holidays, Chad, aka Go Hobo Go. And Trav, I think you got some news for this person. Update, update, update. Uh, Chad, I hate to let you down, bud, but uh, man, there's a deal I could not pass up, and I now own a CDI. And I was a little worried at first because it came in, and the guy, you know, the guy I bought it from was like, yeah, it works great. Everything works great. And it gets there, and there's like p- loose pieces in the box, and it turns on, but nothing reads. But I, I got in there. I fixed some things, fixed the, the laser thing, got the tray working. We got some games playing. Chad, you're right. Everything that I put in there sucks, but it's just so novel to have. And I have like the wireless controller, which is oh, weird. Oh, fancy! Yeah. So, uh, but I, there's a lot of games I haven't gotten to yet that I'm that I'm going to play because I had I've had a ton of games for a while. I kept finding games for cheap, and I was like, one of these days I'm going to CDI myself, and I did it. So, um, yeah, remains to be seen if there's you know I don't know where my ceiling is, but I do agree with Chad. Right now, I've started out on the floor. A lot of it's ass. <laughs> well, the question everyone wants to know is uh, the answer. I should say everyone wants to know to this question is: Do you have plumbers don't wear ties? Uh, isn't that that's three DO right? That might be the three DO. <laughs> I thought that game. was CDI. Let me. Look uh, up there might be a CDI. I, I think the the white whales for me on the CDI are the the awful Zelda games that, despite what anybody tells oh, me, I still want to experience. Oh yeah, those. Uh, I do too. Yeah, those those are goofy. I have played those, and they're just. It's so odd to see Zel- to see Link and Zelda in <laughs> in that. Yeah, <laughs> it just yeah. seems weird. But um, yeah, I was totally wrong. I'm sorry about that. Uh, 3DO is uh, plumbers don't wear ties. I thought I could have swore that was CDI because it's that bad. But um, <laughs> what else does what? So so what 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 would you say is the best game you've played that so far on CDI? Uh, I was. It's funny. I was just looking it up. It's a because um, I don't remember the name off the top of my head, which is not a good sign for the game. But um, it's like monsters, monsters of mayhem or something. It's like a little beat 'em up where you're. Oh, I've played that. Is that where um, it has like a whole bunch of cutscenes and they cut promos on each other and stuff? Yeah, it's like yeah. Cartoon uh, animals. <laughs> yep. It's uh, it's not bad. It's a mutant rampage body slam. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, I have played that. Yeah, I actually recorded footage for that for a video that's coming up pretty soon. So yeah, it's not shabby. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's it's entertaining. I'll give it that. Right on. But uh, what do you think? You've done a video about overpowered um, and dominating players in, in sports games, right? Yeah, two of them. <laughs> I, right. I, I'm keep my keep mining that well. Um, yeah, I the, sticking with Tech Mobile. If you get the ball to Jerry Rice in the open field, it's over. In that game, mm. it's over. Like he, you can't tackle the guy. Like it's the thing is though is that you can he can be stopped a little easier than Bo. Bo is even if you call the right play to stop him, he can still right. score. But so Jerry Rice isn't on his level, but he's up there. And Lawrence Taylor too is another one in that game who's just like stupidly fast. Nobody can block him. Um. Other than that, I'm always tempted to go with uh, Hakeem Olajuwon in NBA Live 90... Is it 95? Yeah, 95, where I managed to score like 232 points with him <laughs> in a five-minute wow, that's right. Five I remember that. Game. Yeah, it was completely stupid. <laughs> he was also today's chuckle answer, so... That's right, yeah. 
I guess Kenny circle. Smith first, and then I got Hakeem. But yeah, uh-huh. um, yeah, that was uh, yeah. Those those are my picks. Celeste, I know you play a lot of sports games. Do you? Uh, oh. <laughs> Do you have any Do you picks? mean bomb chew bowling and shooting gallery games? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are there any overpowered characters in those games? Oh, God. Well, you know, my dad used to play Tecmo Bowl. I remember watching him play it. And what stuck out to me was the realism in it. Like, oh, my God, there's a halftime show. Oh, there are yeah, cheerleaders. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what stuck out to me. But uh, sports games... I am a bit. I don't play golf in real life, but Mario Golf sixty four is so relaxing. Oh, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I've been hooked on Mario Golf ever since then. I, I, in fact, I have. I probably put eighty something hours into Mario Golf on Switch so far. Is it fun? I didn't get the Switch one yet. Um, it's different in that um, there's a game mode that um, you run to your ball. And it's like a battle royal to to get to your ball first, and you have like power ups, and you can wow, you can you can like beat other guys up, kind of, and and it's it's more like a race, and that's pretty fun. Some people don't like that, but there's regular the, the regular campaign is there, and it's um I think if I remember correctly, it's made by a lot of the same people that made the Mario Golf stuff for Game Boy Advance, the the, the Camelot team. Camelot, yeah. Yeah, so yes. it's really well made and it's I really really like it. I I play online all the time. I'm in the top 800 now. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Slowly climbing up. I mean, there's only about 2000 people playing, honestly. So, like regularly. So, I'm tr- I'm trying to get in the top 100. If I can do that, I'll be happy. But Take your wins, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, good stuff. Uh, we got another email here. This one from our regular Robert Auguste Daymeyer. He says, your top 250 games of all time. <laughs> so you guys, hopefully you're ready to go. You've got your shot yep. out. This one, will yep, only, yep. this one will only take a second. He says, howdy, Trav and Alex. I would love to hear what your top 250 games of all time are. Now, that might sound a bit daunting. But I managed to make my own list, and it was a wonderful experience. It took a couple of months, but taking my time to consider which was better or more meaningful to me was always interesting, if at the very least a trip down memory lane. I'd also occasionally be reminded of games I had forgotten, and I got to add them to my Excel sheet. It felt like I was collecting video games, baseball cards, or Pokemon. Heck, I'd recommend anyone listening to this to give it a shot, too. Go 1992 Twins, Robert Auguste de Meyer. Uh, Alex, I... I know that you keep you keep sort of like a running like top list of games right kind of always on deck yeah just for super nintendo and i've got a bunch set up set aside for like to be split up into different genres Mm -hmm. like here's the 13 best shoot-em-ups 13 best beat-em-ups 13 best rpgs yeah that's just kind of how my brain works but um yeah i have a top a working top 99 Super Nintendo games list, and uh, it's it's controversial. It's oh like, yeah, I I I, I don't want to tease too much because I want to make this one giant like two hour long video someday. But um, where I go over every single game, but um, there's a new number one. I had to do it. Really? Yeah. Can you? God guess damn it! Is? is it King Griffey? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Honestly, right now, Griffey is number 50. I okay. didn't know where else to put it, so it's number 50. Gotcha. Uh, 
Hey, I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could guess your number one. I mean, it's probably Chrono Trigger, but it, that it was probably Chrono was Trigger. your number one. Yeah. Okay. It got bumped. Yeah, I had to bump it for Super Metroid at this okay. point because, if only because the influence that game has had on <laughs> everything the past, you know, since it came out, whether it's the music and atmosphere, whether it's exploration, whether it's the game structure, the science science fiction setting, all that stuff is like it's aged so well and it's still play it's still like the go-to speedrun game for a lot of people. It's got a huge cult following. That is like too much extra stuff to ignore. So I think it's got to be number 1. So that's my new number 1 Super Metroid. Number two is Chrono Trigger. Number three, Super Mario World. Number four, Link to the Past. Number five, Mega Man X. But I'm telling you, I, I'm not about to like start sweating and losing sleep, losing sleep over uh, my 211th pick because I know I'm going to be like, like, can I really put Troy Aikman football that high? Man, I, I, I don't know if I can. You can't. The answer is you I, I can't. Think, That's way too high for Troy. Way too high. I think bu- I think Bubsy might be a little higher. I, I can't. I don't know. Well, Bill Ambeer's combat basketball is not on the list. You could make that. The list could be a thousand games long. And it's, it's, it's not placing. A man hates say. hates William Lambeer. Uh, I, I do think making like a, a top games list is a good exercise. Uh, I've done it. Uh, on I use how long to beat to track like my backlog and, and the games that I've beaten and they have a little feature there that was added somewhat recently last couple of years where you can make like lists and things and uh, I sort of went through and reflected on where I had rated games in the past because you can rate games like on a you know, sort of a it's like a one to ten scale but it's like ten to one hundred percent scale um, and I sort of use that to guide and did an evaluation of like, is it still, is that, do I still think this is uh, better than this? And it, it was really fun. I ended, I only made like a top 50, but um, yeah, I think everyone should do it. It's, it's super fun. Celeste, do you keep a running list of your faves anywhere? You got, you got spreadsheets. Oh God, I wish. God, I, my, my husband's the one who makes the finances spreadsheet monthly. And I just add my stuff to it. He did all the formulas. He did the grunt work. Maybe I need to make him make my 250 games Excel <laughs> spreadsheet. <laughs> Just <laughs> rattle them off to him. That's that's ambitious. I love that idea. I love the idea of it, but I don't I don't know if I I don't know. Should, should I do it? Dude, should should do that be it. my lifetime challenge? Lifetime challenge. Yeah. That's right. Let's do it. Come on. Yo, what's, we, we need to know your 204th favorite mm-hmm. game. Have I now I'm wondering, like, have I played 204 games? I know I have had to have played 204 games. I mean, if you count, I used to rent. Yeah, if you count demos and stuff, I mean, oh, because because I've well, played so many in-store demos over the years. Like, just as a kid, like if I was at Sears, I would literally just run away from my parents and go go play whatever. Oh, I love it. Whatever game was there. Man, I remember when they had the Game Boy camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a trip. Um, it was. I will say Mario is missing for the Super Nintendo is on my list. Is it really? Uh, yes. Edut- I, I will defend it. To the Edu- edutainment. <laughs> I also used to like Mario's early years. And I used to play that when I was well beyond preschool. Is that the other one that they did? And then the other one, there's three, right? There's... Uh, Mario's think, Time Machine, I think, is the other one. Yes. I, I was not good at that one. I couldn't figure out what I needed to do because I didn't know the years of important world events. Like, oh, this happened in 1777 versus 1778. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, Mario's Missing. I, I actually really love that game. 
Nice. I don't because think I've done a video on that one yet. Maybe I should give it like an honest look. And like, well, were you like me and going to the school library and checking out books about different cultures <laughs> and kids who were your age in different countries? And then you played Mario is Missing and were like, look, I'm in Italy. <laughs> look, I'm in France. Look, I mean, I'm in Japan. Kind of. Yeah. Anytime I went to Epcot with my parents, which was like once, um, <laughs> we, I, I was, <laughs> I ate that stuff up. And I also, um, yeah, I did that kind of stuff once in a while, but um, I played, uh, what was it called? Uh, Where in the World is Carbon San Diego? Mm-hmm. I thought that was like a really educational game. And uh, my uh, teacher let me play it after class because I liked it so much. And it was deemed to be a quote unquote Ooh. educational, sort of. That's a ball and teacher right there. Yeah, like, he yeah. was cool. Mr. Lateral. Well, I want to say, if you don't like the game play of Mario is Missing. I think you will at least like the soundtrack because it's remixes of Super Mario World songs uh, to sound like they're in their whatever country you're in. What their music Oh, no way. Like. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That is kind of neat. Hmm. Good stuff. We're all learning something here today. Me, I've learned so much. Some of it I can't even repeat in my own house. But that, <laughs> I could. So good. Uh... <laughs> All right, so 250 games. Celeste is going to turn that into us here in a couple of weeks. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll check. We'll check back in. We'll see how that's going. Get get a live update. But uh, in the meantime, we've got this email from Rob that says Japanese auteur nerd shit. Another Rob. This place is just Another crawling Rob. with Robs. Robs gonna get robbed. He says, hey, Alex and Trav, I've been listening to the show for a few months now, and after steeping myself in your YouTube channels, I went ahead and bought a retro handheld to finally be able to experience the games you guys talk about. My question is, are there any lesser-known auteur games? Is that how you say that? Auteur? Auteur? Celeste, you're smart. How are you saying that? Auteur? Auteur? I guess. There you go. Auteur? Like, au juice? Is it like a French word? Like, I have trouble with French. Yeah. I think so, uh, I believe so. So, artsy games <laughs> you guys like in the vein of Snatcher or The Silver Case, games with buckwild stories and liberal usage of plot twists. I have recently loved getting into Suda51, Kotaro Ushikoshi? Yeah. And, of course, Kojima, but I'm still a novice. Not necessarily looking for visual novels, but I'm open to anything you think is cool. Love the show and love the channels, too. Thanks for your work. Thanks for your work, Rob. What do you guys got for Rob? Man. Because I got one. Oh, good, because I am just not an artsy <laughs> dude. I was I, th- I thought about this. I read the email earlier today and was like, something will come to me. Nothing has. Um... My pick isn't a cool game, though. It's kind of a boring game. Um, it's called uh, Ihatovo Mono- Monogatari, which means Stories of Ihatovo. It's a village in Japan. It's a game that was never released in America for Super Famicom, and it's since received an English patch on romhacking.net. And it's quite literally just a walking sim, and there's no combat at all. You just There's puzzles. You have to figure out what to do, but... You just walk around, um, and Celeste, you might like this. Um, the whole story is based on this poet, th- this guy's poetry that he wrote. It's like every every little oh. side quest like is related to this a poem this guy wrote, 
and you're basically like the whole premise is some of the stories are really bad too like there's some dark stuff in that game which is like whoa was not expecting that because it starts out with like oh yeah you you pour the tea into the kettle and then the fox comes and talks to you you know it's like all whimsical and charming and stuff like that but it gets pretty dark surprisingly dark so that would be my pick for something like that for something kind of odd and like expressive in a way that's like a game that's trying to tell you something instead of just like hey run to the right and shoot stuff Mm. i'm gonna need you to message me this game title because oh yeah yeah i'll do it right now sounds really good is that what platform did you play it on oh it's that's a game that only was released on super nintendo in japan so it's super famicom um is the official here i'm gonna put it in chat here and I'll be sure to put it in the show notes so if anyone else is interested. Yeah. Doing and the I'm, Lord's work, both of you. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what it's all about is to talk about these games because nobody knows about them. And they're really, really interesting. And just and the, the music in this game is oh jaw dropping. It's so good. But yeah, that that's just to give you that's just to give you like a, a both of you guys like a brief idea of what that that game looks like and you're literally just like a guy showing up on a train and then you just walk around this town figuring out what to do and like oh yeah i need to meet up with this uh, poet guy and try and find him and you keep going down these like weird little rabbit holes um that lead to these like surreal experiences it's really interesting it's just kind of hard to play because you have to patch it you know, you have to have the ROM, and then you have to play on an emulator, and then you, if you have a flash cart or whatever. So it's, it can be tough. It's I, I like to say you can play these games any way you can, but unfortunately this one did not get any kind of like re-release or anything like that. But, I mean, if you want, you can just kind of watch the, the video. This is like a pretty comprehensive... Like, it, it shows you what the game is. Like, there's no combat or like any adversaries uh, like hardly at all it's just a bunch it's just a string of stories but it's a fascinating game thank you for that i it sounds really up my alley i, I really appreciate it it does i based on what you've you've talked about so far it's like yeah you would totally dig this so yeah amazing i have i have some unless you wanted to go travis if if you had a no spell I of inspiration no nothing came to mind what do you have so I haven't played Snatcher, but I've I've seen it before. And some games that I played recently, like within the last year and then this year, I would recommend Norco. It's not Japanese, but it's actually based on the city Norco, which Alex, your parents could probably tell you about. It is right outside of New Orleans. It stands for yeah. New Orleans Refining Company. And it's a very short game. You can play it in six hours or, or less. I played it off Game Pass. It is by Geography of Robots. It is beautiful. It is a point-and-click adventure, lots of text, and it talks about kind of like it's kind of like a Southern Gothic game. That's how I describe it. A little bit of cyberpunk mixed in. Takes place in about 2017. Talks about the different tragedies that have happened to the area in Norco, but it also has a lot of humor and you can actually visit the French Quarter and see some of those weird sites that it's known for. I don't know. It's it's very good, and it has a very weird ending. So if if Rob is interested in plot twist, I think that this would be a good one. Also, I think there are three or four endings to this game. 
depending on what you do. So I would recommend it. And I'd also recommend Valhalla, the cyberpunk bartending game. Have either of you played it? No, no that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. If you've played Coffee Talk or you've heard of Coffee Talk, Coffee mm-hmm. Talk is kind of inspired by Valhalla. And I played that on Switch. Yeah, you have to mix drinks for people, and then they tell you what's going on in their lives. But you can also, like, talk with robots. And there is there are some Japanese themes, like the, the maids and things like that in it. But it's it's good. It's pretty deep, too. Oh, that's right. Oh, this is I the one that's, I, that's spelled all, all spelled different. Spelled weird. Yeah. yeah it's like V-A-11-Hall-A. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's another one for the show notes. No, this... This yeah. is another one that looks good. I, I was gonna say that that Norco game looks like what a what a crazy looking game. It's got like that out of this world style. Remember that game, Trev? Out of this oh, world yeah. for it's got that same graphic style where it does. Yeah, it's kind of got that. Sur- I'm just watching the trailer with like the sound off. So I love how this game looks already. Yeah, really cool. If if you use Twitter, you can follow Geography of Robots and um, the creator. Has uh, Yutz has that's what he goes by. He's from Norco, and he's been posting some updates on other games he's working on. But it because of where I live, like there there are Mary statues in people's yards. I'm like, yep, this is a very Catholic area. Yep, that's very accurate. And you can see the refineries in the background, and it talks about how a lot of people believe those refineries have caused people to uh, get cancer, develop cancer. So it's it's a pretty deep game, and it it resonates with people who aren't from here as well. But I think if you're from here and you're familiar with some of the little tidbits, yeah. it'll it's mm-hmm. very rich. I'm sure. Yeah, I think that that game bit just based on what I'm seeing here it looks like something that fits that category that Rob is bringing up like perfectly. Like that's. It's got that snatcher kind of vibe to it almost, but yeah. I did cheat because when Travis sent me the notes earlier, I was like, okay, I I know I've played some games that mention they have some snatcher inspiration. So I looked them up to to remind (laughs) myself and fortunately I had played them. Um, No, I've got... I gotta play this. Like it looks really good. It's, so thanks for that. You're welcome. It it might still be on Game Pass, but if not, it's pretty cheap. And then also, after you beat the game, you can go to their website and they'll ask you specific questions that you had to have played the game to know the answer to, and you can learn more about some of the development. Like it's a password almost. Oh, nice. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Very neat. Come on, you don't Travis. have anything, Trav. Travis, come on! I know you have one in you. You came up with your Zelda NPC uh, phrase. It takes. It took me almost an hour. Um, I, you know, I'll do this. I'll say, if you're interested in, uh, of course, you say lesser known, and I don't know specifically, uh, auteur games, but for lesser known like indie titles, my source is the Indie Quest podcast, which is on this network, and they they're always digging up incredible games that are somewhat lesser known and many of them I think would fit the uh, the artsy um, category here so I would say dig in there listen to those guys they always have great recommendations and they have a, uh, a list of all the games they've covered um, I think attached to their their podcast show notes so instead of giving you one I just gave you like 60 <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, I love that I can't wait 
I, I really enjoy the shows on this network. I, I look forward to seeing them pop up in my Apple podcast feed. Aw. Oh, that's dang, really that's cool. Great commercial, because we're just about to segue out of here. <laughs> and uh, Celeste, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us yeah. and uh, educating us on uh, how to say penis in <laughs> Japanese <laughs> and uh, what not to say uh, when we're there, which is to say penis in Japanese. <laughs> And, Why are uh, you talking like Barack Obama right now? You're like, <laughs> do I teach us not to say that when we're there? And uh, I don't know. I, just, I was I was feeling diplomatic there for a second. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for for taking the time. This was incredibly fun. I've been looking forward to it for the last three or four weeks. I can't even tell you. I was like, uh, August sixteenth. You bitches better not put me <laughs> to do anything. Okay. That's, re- <laughs> that's really cool to hear. Thanks for yeah. taking the time. It oh. was great talking to you. Great meeting you too. Y'all too. Yeah. I'm sorry it went over an hour. Oh, they usually do. I always say uh, an hour just to make us go a little quicker, but they usually last longer. Uh, so yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks for thanks for educating us a, a, little, a little bit about Zelda. Uh, we'll definitely have you back on. I think you'll be our our go to touch point for for Zelda things. And uh, you know, I think you like and, to answer emails with us, so you'll be back. I, I've I've noticed you 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 really dig Resident Evil too. So you, you you'll be uh, like our correspondent for those things. Oh my gosh! If it, <laughs> boots it's on the ground, Claire Redfield's my girl. Right on. Right on. <laughs> so we have a lot to tap into there. Well, all right, everyone. That's been. Another Drunk Friend podcast. Make sure to visit polymedianetwork.com. we got other shows over there. There's always new poly kills, point and drink adventures with our friends Pam and Petey, Uncle Doug's DVD bin if you like movies, and of course the aforementioned Indie Quest as well. And also be sure to check out that charity stream this weekend. And you can send an email to the show if you want. It's at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. And if you're not interested in sending us an email, that's not a big deal. Just give us a rating and a review of your podcast app. Rejoice now. Hope it's out big time. That's right. You can find us all on social media. We have a subreddit for our network, our polymedia. We've got an Instagram, Polymedia Network. You can find me most places at Trav Plays Games. Alex is, of course, at SNES Drunk. And Celeste, where can people find you all over the internet? I'm still on Twitter or X or whatever they're calling it these days. I don't know. Is it Twitter? You know, you know what? Years are going to go by, and it's going to be just like, like here's another sports analogy for you. Like I still say San Diego Chargers. Yeah. Even though they've been they've been the Los Angeles Chargers yes. for like five years. They've it's been the same in thing Los Angeles? It's, wow. I yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for like like five years ago. Yeah, and so the same thing with Twitter. I'm just going to call it Twitter. Yeah. Like so. Brooklyn Dodgers, right? And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right. Baltimore Colts. Yeah. No. Uh, what is it? Uh, New Orleans Jazz, RIP, now Utah Jazz. Um, I am on Twitter at FairyCrypt, F-A-E-R-I-E-C-R-Y-P-T. I'm also on Instagram, but I made that private because I was getting a ton of bots and, hey, girly, you want to wrap our brand with Uh-oh. this jewelry? So uh, Twitter's the best route. And you can also <laughs> see my stuff on anotherzeldapodcast.com. Oh, is it my turn? <laughs> it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> the track, I'm rattled. I'm rattled. The track you hear was composed by our friend Cooler and is called Electric Starbound. So you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. And a shout out to. God! <laughs> shout out to Josh Leslie for our thirst quenching logo. Oh, the actual <laughs> anger there and that bark off camera or off uh, mic was amazing. Uh, be sure to catch uh, us on uh, YouTube, catch all of our podcasts, and thanks for listening. 
and we hope you have a great rest of your day cheers